Hey, everyone, and welcome to this edition of The Higher Estate. My name is Dr. Ira Price, and this is where we talk about all things related to health and wellness, and we bridge the gap between the community and medicine when it comes to cannabis, bringing it all together into the realm of mindful consumption. We have an amazing show here today. We are also joined by Janelle. What's up, Janelle? And uh, we uh, our, our show today, you know, I'm going to title it, from uh, heathen to healer to humanitarian, we're joined by Wee Litley, Lee Whitley. Lee, what's happening, brother? Good. How you doing? Doing really well. Lee is an amazing man, and uh, I can't wait to discuss. Man, he's had a life that uh, that dates back. Oh shoot, 20, 30 years already. Uh, and he's been in the cannabis uh, on the cannabis scene long before uh, most of us even knew what it was. And he was working his magic at that time. And uh, the things that he's doing today that his wife has told me that he doesn't even know that she's told me is just amazing. And uh, I can't wait to get into all of that. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. In the meantime, it's been a week since we've been on the air. Uh, Janelle, how's your quarantine going? Quarantine's going well. Um, like everybody else, I'm just catching up on Netflix and my online shows. Do you know what came on this week? Was um, The Last Kingdom came back. Do you watch The Last Kingdom? I watch every. I haven't watched it yet, but people have told me it's great. So I'm probably going to binge watch it this week. But it is honestly one of, like, if you like Vikings and you like, like that kind of thing, Vikings and what was that other melodramatic show that everybody fucking loved? The Game of Thrones, which I thought, honestly, I, I hate to be—I hate to be the, the the party pooper in this whole thing—but I thought Game of Thrones was 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 boring. No. Yeah, it was. How it in between scenes when they weren't like having their marital spats and all the boring shit, it was fun. But like during, <laughs> you know, you know, it, most of the time it was just a lot of filler. Anyway, that's what I found. Overall, it wasn't like horrible. I liked the last season was great. The ending was great. You know, the battles were amazing. But uh, if you really like watching, you know, you know, if you really want to watch an awesome Viking show, you got to watch Vikings and you got to watch The Last Kingdom. Both of them are really awesome. Anyway, I don't know why I'm plugging those things. <laughs> it was a blast. Though. What are you watching? Lee, do you watch TV? You have no, no time. time for. Yeah, Lee's got no time for TV. He's too busy healing the world. You know, you, you are for sure. Listen, this is a guy that I was like, my my shingles are falling off the roof. The next day, he literally had somebody over at my house ready to put shingles on the roof. This is the kind of guy that we're talking about right now. When I talk about Lee, uh, can't get can't can't say enough good things about this guy. But he has a past that I, I'm I'm so interested in 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 learning about how he got to where he is. Anyway, we're gonna get to that. How's your how's your son doing? How's your son, Janelle? He's good. Um, we have mastered the art of writing his name, and I'm slowly getting into a schedule. I'm not losing my mind anymore. <laughs> really? I, I is he writing on the walls? He said something about writing on the walls because, yes, like, I've got this painting behind me. But when you, uh, I'm, I'm almost at the point where I'm going to start like putting chains on the crowns and markers so that they can only go like, a certain distance. Because if you turn your back for even a split second, um, we have like bangle on the walls. <laughs> you know what's really funny? Actually, I didn't realize. Can you guys, I hope nobody can see this, but 
this morning while I was uh, getting getting ready, I was actually on a phone call having a meeting, and my daughter decided she was going to give me a makeover, and she started putting, I don't know, whatever that eyeliner stuff is. Uh, is it eyeliner? And what's the stuff that goes not on your eyes above it? Eyeshadow. Eyeshadow. Thanks. <laughs> she started putting, I couldn't remember that word. She started putting eyeshadow on me. If I show you my toenails, they are purple. And wow. uh, she started doing all that stuff. So I, I hear you. Like, it's been two months since literally my kid has been, has seen another kid, like in person. It's kind of, I've kind of had enough. We're close to it. I think we've, yeah. you know, on I, just on the like brief, brief, uh, amount that we'll talk about COVID. I'm not, I know we don't talk about it too much here anymore, but to be honest, like, you know, yesterday they, they reopened a couple things. It's kind of weird. They golf courses, a bunch of rich white dudes who are like, yeah, let's, let's decide what we're going to open. <laughs> They're allowing like golf courses to, uh, to prep for golf season. And they let, let people start cutting your lawn. I don't, I, I don't know how many people that helps, but Hey, it's a start. Are you good? Uh, Lee, are you guys allowed to get back into construction now too? What's happened with that? Yeah, we've been in all along because our permits were before uh, all this started, so they let you keep going. Are they allowing new permits yet? No, not yet. I think the odd people are starting to get one and two here. Nothing serious, but. All right. Well, um, anything else happening in your uh, life over there, Janelle? I mean, nothing much. I'm kind of happy that the garden centers are starting to um, have stuff going on because I want to get some, you know, do some landscaping. I'm venturing into the world of um, being a plant mom. Yeah. Oh, that's that's good. Are you growing cannabis? Well, see, I wanted to start small, see if I could actually take care of a plant that doesn't require very much and see all my track record. I don't know if I'd be able to successfully grow cannabis without killing it. Lee, how long have you been growing cannabis for? Well, we've been involved for about 15 years. So he's been doing it for a long time. See, uh, I, I'm yet to get into growing. Last year, I wanted to grow, and we were going to have Tyler, who's the educator in uh, at Synergy, come over to my house and put the, my four plants in the backyard. But, I, you know, I have I have issues taking care of anything for a long period of time. I, I, I suck at it. I, I learned how, I, like, I know he's, I keep saying I can't change a light bulb, but I, I actually could change a light bulb now. That's about it, though. Uh, after that, I'm like, I stop. I can't garden. I uh, I try all this shit, but I, my pop never taught me any of that stuff. He uh, he opened his, his, you know, his holy books and read them at my hockey games. That was the, you know, so I can, I can read a book. That's about as, that's about as much as I, I got out of it. Um, anyway. All right. So Lee. Okay. Oh man. There is so much to talk about. We, uh, we, I met Lee a while back and, uh, uh, it was an introduction through another physician. This is a gentleman that I, I truly call, you know, a brother. He uh, he comes from a very colorful past that honestly, I mean, everybody has a colorful past. He has a really interesting past. And what he's done with his life in the last, you know, 10, 15 years, giving away 
his his medicine. He creates. He has a can. I'm not even sure how to start. You know, I think the best way is what I named the title of this of this podcast: from heathen to healer to humanitarian. A guy that spent 14 years in prison for cannabis in the United States of America. We'll get into it. A guy that has built houses for people for free, kind of like that TV show, Move Your Move That Bus. He's done that for somebody. All the way into giving away hundreds of thousands, maybe into the millions of dollars of his medicine to people that need it. Cannabis, that is, a cannabis extract. And this is a guy that spent 14, maybe more years institutionalized because of cannabis and who knows what else. Lee Whitley, thanks for joining us. You're welcome. Good to be here. How are you? How's it going? I'm good. I'm good. Working hard, getting things done. You where, know? where do you, uh, you live, you live in, uh, in the Hamilton area, right? Uh, Stony Creek, Hamilton. Yeah. You have a, like, this is like his whole, and he's built all of his places. I literally walked, came over to his house once and he's like, yeah, I just need an addition. He's got like guys in the back building this 1300 foot extension. It's kind of crazy. The stuff that, that he, he, he wants to do something. He just does it. He's got a great, a great outlook on life. And I love everything about it. But so, so tell me over the last 15, was it, how long ago were you, uh, were you in, were you incarcerated? I've been, uh, home for 18 years now. And so 18 years ago, let's start at the beginning. 18 years ago, when you grew, when you were growing up, I guess, in, in this area, and all you have to do is Google his name and you'll find out everything you, uh, that happened in the past. What were you doing? What happened at that time? Well, we were going down to Mexico and bringing a little bit of marijuana home. Yeah, that's... <laughs> and <laughs> the, the sad thing about my case is that we were bringing it from Mexico through the United States and selling it in Canada. So I was originally charged in Canada but they withdrew my charges in Canada because they could, it was all about telling on somebody else. And I wouldn't do that. So I got the big time. Supreme Court of Canada, first time in life, the Supreme Court of Canada after 40, 49 months waiting, they said, we're not going to open a can of worms at this time. Really? Yeah. Remember Al Eagleson from hockey? Yeah. He just got extra, he was just getting an extradition warrant from Canada back to the States. And I guess that kind of blew it all open. But the bottom line is you always charge someone where the impact of the crime was. Right. Right. Yeah, you can't. That's right. hundred percent. That's, so, uh, we see so that, was, we see that all the if, time. If I was bringing home marijuana from Mexico to Canada and selling it in Canada, where's the impact of the crime? In Canada. Exactly. They didn't do that for me. So why were you charged in the United States? Because you were bringing it through the, where was the, uh, oh, where this, was, this was a police thing to say, let's make them talk about other people and this and that. And it didn't work that way with me. I wouldn't talk. So I was facing a hundred years in prison and, uh, my, my sentence would have been 60 to a hundred. The judge probably would have given me 80 years. So what happened? Well, after we got there, a lot of the witnesses were gone and this and that. So they made me a deal. And my lawyer, Angela Musantano, 
begged me to take the time. He really? said, please don't let them get you in there and give you a hundred years because they will do it. And then once I got to a federal prison in the United States, I found out that they got no problem locking you up for 80 years for marijuana in the United States. Really? So you were with other guys in the United States locked up for longer than you on a marijuana charge? Oh, I was with guys for marijuana that were doing 100 years. Wow. What? 80 years, 100. They're still there. They're still there today. How does that seem just to you at all? It, it's not just, but that's just... You, you have to understand the way, the way the world works over there in the United States. It's like my lawyer said. They, they pick a piece of lint off your clothes, and by the time they finish rolling that, it's as big as a building, and that's how many people get locked up. You get, Ira, I could put you in jail with one other guy if we got busted and say, well, this marijuana belongs to Ira Price. He's the boss. And what are you going to do? You're going to get up there and say, no, they're my friends, but I, I never, two against one, jury's not going to believe you. You're going to jail. Right. Wow. But not for, not for long, just maybe 50 years. <laughs> That, and it, it, it literally, that's how it works, eh? It's just... That's exactly it's, how it works. So there's no... So justice isn't fully just. Do you think that you uh, that your case was just? No, come on. Of course they, not. They wrote, they wrote affidavits out for me to sign. They wrote affidavits out for me to sign, and I can go home. Really? Yeah. They're just... They were looking. They were, they were trying to cherry pick. They were looking for things. Oh, they wow. want to... Up. They want the bigger guy. You know what I mean? That's so crazy. Yeah. That's so crazy to me. So you're in jail for how many years did you spend? Do how? What was what was the case? What happened? You were you were transferring, you were tra trafficking cannabis from Mexico through the United States into Canada. Right. How much how much cannabis was it that you that this charge happened? Can I ask that or no? Yeah. I, you know, it's in the tons. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's in the. It's in. It's in more than a pound. Yeah, it's in the tons. It was in the tons. All right. It was in the. Is that a name of a location? It's in the tons. <laughs> no, it was in the tons. You know. Wow. And so you're you're and 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 where did they where did they get you? Did they get you in Canada and extradite you? Yeah, they arrested me in Canada and uh, started extradition. I fought it for forty nine months and I. I spent 49 months in the Don Jail in Toronto. Before all of that, did that count as time served? Double time served? Anything? No, no, no. They, I think they gave me one day for one day. Really? People get three and four days for that. Yeah, they gave you nothing. Why was that, do you think? Did you have a past with, the, uh, with law enforcement before any of that? Yeah, I had a little past for trafficking marijuana. What, what was it like growing up as Lee? <laughs> well, you look back now, you go, wow, won't do that again. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you grew up in Hamilton. Yeah, Hamilton, Ontario. And how was that growing up here in Hamilton? Well, you know, Hamilton's a working man's town. If you want to go to work, you got lots of work here, right? Did you work growing up? Were you in, you're in construction now. Were you working in construction going up? I started construction when I was about 15 years old. Oh, wow. My dad was a bricklayer and a cement finisher, and that's how I started. Wow. 
And and how did you get into the uh, cannabis industry or the cannabis world? You don't need names. I don't need any of that shit. What was the like driving force into cannabis? Was it you wanted to make more money? You understood this? You you liked cannabis? What was it that got you into cannabis it, all those days ago? I'm curious. At, at the beginning, at the beginning it was money. Yeah. But near right. the end, it was we started making this oil. We started seeing it would help, but it would never help too much because. It wasn't good enough. Mm -hmm. Marijuana was good, but wasn't good. Not like today's marijuana. Like so, pe people knew what we did to crossbreed plants to make them work. Like a lot of guys try to do what I do now. They can't do it because they don't know how to make it and they don't know how to crossbreed the plants. We're yeah, we're actually I, I want to get into that. Uh, we'll get into what you're doing today. I just want to just want to paint the picture and understand what happened in your in, in the past to lead you to where you are today, because when I look at what you're doing today and such amazing things for people, it has to come from somewhere. There has to be something in your in your life that's that said, fuck, I want to I want to start helping people. Did, did somebody help you along the way through all of that? Did you find that, you know, what was that driving factor that made you into this big philanthropist today? I think, I think once I come home, things changed. Yeah. I think I got, uh, I got the madness out of me about people that put me in jail. I got the, I, I forgave the police officers that lied at my case and uh, put You're me right. in jail for long. Just imagine this, a police officer goes on the stand tells yeah. a story about you, and then six months before I get out, he goes back to the grand jury in the United States and says, I now believe all the things I said about Lee Whitley are not true. Wow. Holy shit. Yeah. Really? Just imagine that. that wow. Mean. So he lied to get me... He went down to Texas to do a statement on a couple guys, and he ended up staying there 10 days, I think. <laughs> so this, is, this is a Canadian police officer investigator that decides to go to the U.S. to to during your trial? No, no. This is a Canadian police officer that went down and, and ended up putting me in jail. Holy smokes. But he didn't put me in jail for what I did. He put me in jail for what a lot of other people did. Oh, wow. That's crazy. Say hi to my daughter, everybody. Sorry about that. All right. I'll, I'll come get you in a bit. Um, that's that's pretty intense, like that somebody would really just want to go out of their way that much to do that. I believe in my heart if I wanted to. Yeah. I could have him charged for what he did. Yeah. Right. And I could put him in prison. But what? No, I've yeah, you've him. moved on. I've moved what was on. it like... What was it like in prison in the United States? What's it like? What was that experience like? You know, prison's prison. You're locked in. You, you know what I tell the young kids that want to get in trouble? Yeah. What do you tell them? If you want to know what prison's like, go on in your washroom and don't come out for a month. Yeah. Wow. Really? Your bathtub is your bed, your toilet and your sink, and that's it. And they'll we'll feed you three times a day. If you like that, you want to be a tough guy and you like that, go ahead. Holy shit. Really? So I just can't. Try, try it for three days. <laughs> I can't. Three days. Try it for 20 minutes and I'm, yeah. I've had I mean, enough. Handle that. The lack of technology, everything, it would drive them crazy. And you yeah. get nothing. I mean, there's no TV. There's no, 
Hey, I sat six months in the United States when I got transferred over there in a cell by myself, never talked to a person. The warden, I'll never forget the warden walking up to me and going, you all right? Do you talk? I said, yeah, I talk. <laughs> he goes, we got to get you out of here. I said, well, you guys are keeping me in here, not me. Then I end up, I end up going to a 25-acre compound, and honest to God, it was like going home. Really? Yeah, because you get to lift weights, you get to go for a run, you get to work out, you get to go hobby crafts, you know, different things, right? But so yeah, you- maximum security or? Yeah, triple, triple max. FCI, oh, wow. FCI McKean, triple max. So they put, put, a, they put a, a, a stoner in triple max. Like, that doesn't seem right. <laughs> like, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Do you have access to cannabis while you're in prison? <laughs> and if you want to get another 10 years <laughs> uh, Janelle's bringing it over to you <laughs> oh my goodness she's going to take her daughter or her son Janelle, we're just coming to say hi so you get out of prison so you spent 14 years in prison did you learn anything in prison did you yeah, I learned a lot of things in prison I learned you know, to uh Think straighter, do do the right thing, forget about the fast buck, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, help people. You know, it, it was a good feeling. I, you, were, you were saying about how I did that lady's house. That's not how, how it happened. Uh, they ended up writing it up and putting me in the newspaper, and I told them not to. But anyways, this lady had cancer uh, three times. Her husband left her in a cold, and, I, and she had a little boy, and... Um, Somebody asked me if I would help him do a bathroom at her house. Well, I walked into the house and I I don't want to embarrass her, but it was like living in a dog kennel. So I said to her, do you have somewhere to go? She said, why? I said, because I'm going to fix your whole house for you. So that's what I did. I tore it apart. I put an addition on the back. Her little boy liked the Toronto Maple Leafs, so I did his whole bedroom up into the Toronto Maple Leafs. Wow. I'm a Toronto Maple Leaf hockey shirt. Every, every did everything for her. The house was gorgeous. It was in the Spectator and everything, but it was really, really nice. And That's the only amazing. funny part is, I see her once in a while in a McDonald's or something. And she, <laughs> as soon as she sees me, she runs with her both. Lead! I go, oh, no, this again. <laughs> wow. But a nice lady, and uh, I'm glad she's in comfort now. You know, so with her son. So you so you let go of a lot of the anger. The 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 did you start letting that like fourteen years as one like in one stint, you must have gone in like super super angry at everybody. Well, you know what, I wasn't angry for being in jail because I knew what I did wrong, right? Right. So when you know you did something, it's like taking a gun and killing somebody. You know, I always tell my friends, you put that gun in your belt and you shoot somebody, you might never come home again. Yeah. So don't be surprised what happens to you. So, you know, for me, I, I was angry that the kind of time I did. Right. And I was angry that I went to United States because the police made it their duty to send me there. They had no right sending me there. Why do you think they did that? Like, it's, what? Like, it's all over time. It's, it's all over time. What do you mean? You think that you would have had less time if you were tried here? Oh, I I was originally charged here. The, before I left, I said to the judge, Your Honor, before they do anything, I plead guilty to these charges. 
and they stopped me. Oh, whoa, 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 you can't do that. You can't do that. And then they went on with it. We want to drop these charges, Your Honor. And the judge said, if you don't get them over there on extradition, you won't charge them again. But they took me there. It was all to put innocent people in jail. What percentage of people in prison there with you do you think were on drug, on cannabis alone charges, if you uh -huh. had to guess? Well, there was 3,700 prisoners in that prison altogether. So I think there was probably 10%. Wow. Wow, that's still so, a lot. And nobody's doing two or three years. Wow. For cannabis. I was like a sock change there. Really? Yeah. So they call me a guy with like, you know, oh, 14 years. Oh, he's going home tomorrow. Nothing <laughs> with everybody else. Yeah. You know, guys were doing 80 years. Wow. What do you get 80 yeah. years for cannabis for? Like, what can you possibly fucking do to get 80 years for right? cannabis? What do you have to do? Kill well, the whole? Did they know, cut down a tree and get, you know, get, they call that manslaughter? Just caught, Just get caught with enough pounds. And that was it. That's all you got to do. Get caught with enough. If it's not yours or not, you know. Really? Yeah. And you don't even have to get caught with it. If somebody said, oh, I seen five truckloads of it, they're going to believe it. Because they want to believe it. That's what they right. do. They want the time. They want the time. Hey, remember one thing about most police officers. They don't lose any sleep when you go to jail the rest of your life. Right. You know, they don't care. They don't care about anybody if they're guilty or not guilty as long as they get their conviction. Uh-huh. Yeah. Why what that well that doesn't sound so exciting. <laughs> that, right. that There's a lot of a lot of dirty stuff goes on, you know. Wow. So you come home from so you come home 14 years like you're ready to so who do you come home to? Where are you coming from? Like, did you have a family before you went in? Did you have like what what where the hell what the hell, man? 14 years, the world is different. Yeah. You know? So the I world didn't, didn't I didn't even know about 905. You had to dial. I was trying to use the phone at the border. Yeah. And the lady had to say to me, excuse me, do you have a problem? I said, Yeah, ma'am, I'm trying to make a phone call, but I'm dialing the number one and she said, no, 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 you have to dial 905 now. <laughs> wow, so you went okay. before the area code. Before the area code. I said, okay, no problem. <laughs> wow. And they didn't have a cell phone. Like, you didn't. Oh. they didn't have cell phones when you went in. They didn't have internet when you went in. No, I just went, I just come home. And uh, when I come home, I went to the border. They released me. They brought me back to the border with handcuffs. How did that feel the day that you were released? Well, I was proud of the Canadian customs. Why? They, they were waiting there for the one lady was waiting there for me. And when she seen me coming, I was shackled. I had a hand belt on and I had thumb cuffs on wow. and, a dog, and a dog chain. They were holding me, but like back of them. So if I tried to run, they pull me off. Right. They can knock me down. And they and the guy at the border come running out. Said, what are you doing? What are you doing with him? And he said, wow, we know he's wanted. He's not wanted here. What the? And he said, I want your badge numbers. And he was blasting them. This is the way you treat our prisoners? And that's the way I come home. Wow. So they, re they released me. And I went and sat over there. And they had to sign a few papers. I signed them. And I went and grabbed a cab. And I stopped at McDonald's. I'll never forget it. <laughs> I had $1,800 US in my pocket. 
I went in and I said, can I get a hand? I got the cab driver a coffee. I said, can I get a hamburger, a fry and a Coke and a coffee for the cab guy? They go, yeah. And I walked up and the lady goes, I have five bucks out, eh? She goes, that'll be $8.50. Eight fifty. I went to jail. It was like $2 for everything. <laughs> I said, eight fifty. I said, are you sure I'm only getting a hamburger? She says, no, sir, look up there. I said, oh, okay, okay. And I, I give her 10 bucks and I got some change and away I went in the cab. Wow. Did you feel a sense of relief, a sense of pride, accomplishment? You did this or was it like, fuck, I got to start my whole life all over again? No, I said, let's get to work. You were ready to go to work right away. I went to work the next day, if you believe it or not. Wow. The very next day I went to work. My buddy had a granite company. I went and started working with him. The next day. You didn't, nothing. Did you come home to family? Were you single? Did yeah. you have? Oh, no, no. I seen my, I'd stayed with my mom and my sister. And, wow. uh, you know, I started, I started working. I'm a worker anyways. I like to work. I can I work. See I see that. Doesn't it matter that you just kind of you didn't want to have idle hands? I was like, let me just get into something good right away. Well, I looked at it like this. I just had 14 years of rest. It's time to go to work. And I was broke. And I don't like being broke. I'm not right. a guy for broke. I understand. That makes sense. And then a good friend of mine met me the next day, Peter Montour, gave me a whack of money and said, you know, we're here for you. And took me down to Grand River Enterprises. I got a job with Jerry and Kenny and Peter. And the next year I was in Mexico selling cigarettes. And that's what you, and you continued to do that, right? You were, that was the, the mainstay of your, of your um, Still jobs. doing today. Wow. 16 that, years later. Yeah. So you didn't feel, you didn't feel anything. Did you feel anything? Did you feel anything coming out? You went in angry. You had to have been fucking angry. You said you were angry. You came yeah. out and you told me no. you went to McDonald's. You'll never forget that. Did that feel, wow, like. No, I, you know what? Honestly, unless someone talks about it, I never think about it. I don't bring it up. I don't think about it. I don't care about it. The guys that go to prison and sit and cry, I was in jail for 12 years. Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. Come on, grow up. Let's get, get to work. You know why you were there. Right. Right. You know, the people that cry about it or, you know, all these guys on welfare, collecting welfare, and they're perfectly healthy and they think they're playing a game. Come on, let's go to work. That's so you, my attitude. So then what drove you? You come out of you come out of prison or out of uh, the whatever happens in the U.S. And it's not like going to prison in Canada. Am I right? Canada, it's like roses compared to the U.S. Or am I wrong? Well, they're the same. They're they the are, same. right? You know, the problem when the United States is they put everybody together. In Canada, they don't, eh? Okay. So you can be in with a child rape. You can be in with a rape hound. You can be in, you know, all that stuff, right? They don't child, step child right. molester. In Canada, you don't, you're not in with them because the guys will kill them. Uh, right. United States, they don't. They just, you know. Throw them all together in general population. Boom. See you later. What was that show that used to be on TV? Fuck, Janelle. Oh, a long time ago. With, on HBO, uh, what you're talking about on HBO that prison show that was that uh, that show was awesome I used to wake up like used to be on Friday nights maybe I can't remember but it was an awesome Oz. show Oz did you ever watch Oz was it anything like that you no, have no idea what you're talking a lot about. of that saturation yeah yeah all that's yeah bullshit that's, a, so you, that's that's making the movie right yeah so you come out and uh, you start working in granite. 
you get back into the cannabis space right away? No, like, no, not right away. But we get back into uh, doing houses, building houses, renovating. That's what I do. I build houses and renovate. And then Jerry and Kenny were just perfect gentlemen. They helped me out through it, helped me with my job over there in Mexico and helped me with getting things going, you know. So I always had them guys to lean back on. That's so the you- that's the ready can guys, eh? Yeah. So they showed you a lot of kindness at that time. Yeah. And do you, do you think that kindness is what helped drive you to becoming a philanthropist I, I, and human? I, or was it always I, in you? I've always been a pretty, Hey, I like the underdog, right? Yeah. I like to help the underdog. So I'm right. either like that with work. Now my wife says to me, our application always says, do you have a driver's license? No. Do you do drugs? Yes. Do you uh, hang around with all criminals? Yes. You're hired. <laughs> <laughs> he says that that's the way you do it. You know, hey, I like to give everybody a chance, right? Well, I, you know what? Most people are 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 good by nature. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, and, uh, and I think if we dry, judge people positively, I, I mean, maybe it's my naivety. I'm a little naive, I think, and I believe a lot of fucking people. But uh, I think the the nature of people is to do good. It's a lot easier to do good than it is to do bad, I think. I think when you're in the position to do good and you do good, it means a lot. Like when we started this marijuana thing. Yeah. My brother, me, and Brian, when we started this thing and we started crossbreeding these plants and we said, now we're seeing plants come out. It looks like you dip them in sugar with all the good stuff on them, you know, and you start making it and then you start making this oil and then you start taking it to Toronto and get it tested and you start seeing it's 85, 87% THC. Wow. And there's certain ways to make it. I'll tell you the first time I helped somebody. Well, I'm getting there. I want to know this first. So you finally get into, uh, you start, you said you started growing plants. Yeah. 15 years ago is when you started this. You came home 18 years ago. We're going to move past that. I think we, we got a good understanding of uh, of that. But for you, it was just time served. It was you did something, fuck it, move on. And now it's time to do good. And uh, Well, my mother come to see me in prison and things she said to me I'll never forget. Yeah. Lee, every time I see you, you're smiling, you're happy, you're laughing. I turned to my mother and I said, Ma, I'm going to tell you the secret. She says, what? I said, I can't cry all night and all day, too. <laughs> right. So forget the past and let's get going. You know what I mean? I, it's <laughs> true. Uh, it's, uh, you know, it's a good outlook on life, too. You can't you got to you got to keep moving forward. And that's something that, you know, we learned from you as well. But so now you're on you're on to cannabis 15 years ago when you just started growing cannabis. Yeah. You know, my you, buddies were growing it. And uh we were more or less playing with it, what we could do with it, and mm-hmm. how we started crossbreeding it. And I was learning some stuff from, from guys that I was going, wow, look at this, you know. And they always need a front guy, and I'm kind of like the front guy because I don't really care, right? Right. I Tell me I can't do this, I'm going to do it anyways. And then when I find out how good it is and how much it can really help, and if I told people today what I've done for people, it's like I love talking to doctors and they tell me, I don't believe that. And I give them their names. I say, go in your hospital and Google them. You sent them home to die. So, 
So what happened now? So how does that come up? Like, you know, so who are you? You're saying you're helping people and I've looked at your medicine. I know that, you know, you've, you've, you've now created over time, you know, it's been a 15 year process, but you've now established a, a remedy that uh, a, a cannabis medicine, a cannabis extract that you, you know, when I, when I first met you and I said, oh, it's like an RSO and you looked at me, you know, yeah, they did some different stuff. This is similar, but it's not the same. This helps more. Why? What do you think it's doing different than RSO? What, how, how do you make this stuff? Where do you get the quantity of fucking cannabis to make this? Rick Simpson does it pretty good. Okay. He just doesn't know how to make it. And he doesn't have the right marijuana. Can he help you? Yes. You know, he can help you. He can get you stable. But tell me how many guys Rick Simpson really saved from stage four cancer go sent home to die. Tell me about a case that then, you know, you're saying your medicine, you've sent home, you've got people at the last. And I've seen, I've, I've read the, the texts. I've, I've actually spoken to a doctor who, who, who was using this stuff in Mexico, basically. And uh, I mean, if, I don't know if I could say, can I talk about it? I won't mention any names, but it's kind of crazy, you know. Um, wow. basically, Are you talking about the injection? I'm talking about the injection. Well, like, it well, makes I, no can, I can tell you this live. I believe in my heart. Yeah. That I can take any cancer patient with a tumor. Like, let's say somebody, I was talking to somebody on the weekend with breast cancer. Okay. I believe fully in my heart that I can take her get breast cancer and eliminate it in 90 days. Wow. But how can you say that without the, I mean, my heart tells me I want to heal the fucking world. Okay. Then we got to be open-minded and we got to remember something and never forget what I'm going to tell you. All right. Can you go to the corner store and buy a bag of chips. Yeah. Can you go to the corner store and buy THC? It's not the corner store, but another store. Yep. It's at the other corner. Right. <laughs> Different corner. Okay. Yep. So if you can do that, why can't you give it to people to save them? Well, you can, but here's my thing. My thought process, before we even get to how you're getting it to people, because that, that makes it, you know, even more complicated. How can you say, how are, you know, for the people listening, you're saying that your medicine has saved lives. Give me an example. Give me an example okay. of, of somebody whose life this has saved and what makes your medicine so unique. Okay, I'll give you one example. So this one happened about four months ago. A buddy of mine comes to me and he says, hey, yeah. you've helped two of my friends so far. With what? What have you helped them with? Well, one was stage four cancer, dying in six weeks. He's now cancer free. And another one was uh, like a leukemia cancer. Okay. And I don't, even, he's okay. I don't know if he's cancer free because I haven't really heard from him. Um, two months ago, I gave him another 500 pills and I'm waiting to hear from him. So hopefully he's all right. I just, I just want to say you're giving your medicine for you. Give this away. I've never sold one drop of medicine to anybody. To anybody. You're giving away thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars. How much do you say you've given away in the last year? 
<laughs> nah, I ain't gonna say it. The cops will be here to arrest me. <laughs> <laughs> well, hold on. Okay, I, wait, wait. <laughs> what, I, what, I, what I will say is it's legal. You ratted on yourself. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. It is legal to, to gift cannabis if you're... Yeah. It's legal to gift cannabis. You can't, I mean, can't give it all away. Right. So I guess how much? I said, for sure, I'll help him. So we get together. This guy lives out of town. He drives in. First off, he didn't want the help. He said, I've been with four doctors. They've all told me the same. I'm, I'm done. Get my affairs in order. Tell your family, because you won't be here in three months. He said, okay. He no went. more therapy. Therapy done. They no, said they no, 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 no. They never gave him therapy because he was too far gone. Wow. Okay. So they went after the uh, the MRIs. They said no more. You're done. And they showed him. So I said okay, no problem. So when this guy come and told me the story, this guy I said okay, Stop. no names, beep. Yeah, I said okay, no problem. So this guy goes down and he said he says to his friend, "Listen, I got someone that can help you." Why don't you let him try? He says, come on, let's get this straight. I've just been with four doctors. Every one of them has sent me home to get my affairs in order. I've told my family. I've signed up for assistant suicide so I don't suffer. He says, I'm not going to see my new granddaughter this uh, July get born. He says, sorry, it's not happening. I don't want to interfere with my family anymore. So this guy phones his son. This guy was seven years old when they took him in, but he phones his real son and he says, you gotta talk to dad. You gotta ask him, he won't do it for me. So his son went over to his house and said, dad, I've never asked you for nothing in life. Just try it, you're gonna die anyways. Why not go away high? Why not have, you know, have a good trip or it takes your pain away or something. So at the end of it all, his father said, okay. His mother said, I don't know why you're doing this to create pain for us all more. But anyways, they went down. They drove into town four hours, come and see me. We sat at a table at this guy's house, me, his wife, and this other guy sitting there that was sick. And he didn't look that sick. I said, well, you don't look that sick. He said, well, I am. And I'm in a lot of pain. I said, okay. So we start talking and I explained to him what I think he should do with the medication and this and that. And he said, okay. He said, I'll try it. I'll do the best I can for my son. I said, okay, try it. So when we were leaving, his wife said, can I speak to you for a minute? I said, sure. She said, I just want to tell you, I'm a school teacher for a lot of years. I don't believe a goddamn word you just said in there. (laughs) Well, I mean, every fuck. You know, I, I keep swearing. Sorry, mom. I, I keep going to this. My mom hates when I swear, by the way, Lee. So I always apologize. And I never bring change anymore because I was wasting too much money, but I still keep the swear jar present. Um, <laughs> it's hard to believe. You can understand why it's so hard to believe. You, have, you know, I'm a scientist. I'm a doctor. I like the evidence. I need to see the objective evidence. And certainly we can't we can't generalize this to the public without putting it to the studies. And I'll get I want to get to what your future plans are. But so you see why it's hard to believe. So I don't blame her for coming to you and being like, like, Lee, this is bullshit. Come on. Why are you doing the damn word you said? But you know what? I will be the best person you ever had to write a diary and tell you how he dies. 
I said, okay, I'm waiting. Well, he had 90 days and I think we're in our fifth month and next month he, he will, he will be here to see his granddaughter born. Oh, wow. wow. That's amazing. Um, and, and the doctors that sent him home to die? Yeah. Like they all do, scratching their head. I don't know what you're doing. I don't know how you're doing it. But whatever you're doing, keep going because we've never seen nothing so good. And what's his wife saying now? Well, his wife's got a different attitude. I'm kind of uh, like, oh, I, I can't call you a liar. <laughs> You know, and this hey, and this guy's this this guy is really, really, really grateful for it, you know. All he ever wanted to do was see his granddaughter. I said, Well, I'll guarantee you that. But now he's all hey, I'm gonna tell you, if he's not yet, we just did another uh MRI and I'm gonna get the results anytime. If he's not cancer free, he's damn close to it. You think so? No, I know so. Are you hey you listen. Know yeah. All right. I know you're a doctor and I know me and you have had our little times and I know you don't like to listen to this, but I'm going to tell you one thing. Okay. There ain't a goddamn doctor in this fucking world that can tell me it doesn't work. And if I could, if I could inject, there'll be no more cancer. There'll be no more cancer. <laughs> I, I don't know. If How I had, do you say that? If I had Bill Gates come up to me and said, Here's a couple hundred million. Go do what you wanted to do. Yeah. This cancer bullshit would be over. So it'd be over. Right. It's just so, like this. It's just like uh, this cover night uh, nineteen is killing everybody. COVID. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, I got my word out in the United States because New York's so bad. When I had one hundred and fifty thousand masks, I was giving away. I tried to give some to New York. I couldn't give them away to New York, so I gave them away in Canada. But I, I'm going to tell you something. My medicine, my medicine, I'll bet my life on it, that if you give it to somebody that's on a breath, on a breather, breathing machine, I Come promise on. you on the bottom of my life, they get saved. Don't say that. Don't say that because I'm you can't you. say that. You oh, haven't used it yet. How, how can you say that you're now? I'm not denying that it's a possibility. I, I, can't, save it. I can't save it because you doctors that. No, it's clean, free medicine. Won't give it to them. And it's public knowledge. It's legal here. You guys won't try it. If you try it, you, you won't have no one in the hospital. You won't have these people. I don't give a fuck if they're 90 years old. You won't have them in the hospital. I, you know, I don't know how we can say that. I, I'm not saying that your medicine doesn't work on individuals. I've seen it work on individuals. No, I've read, no, I've read on everyone if they do it right. I, <laughs> hey, hey. Remember this. All right. The esophagus, I've injected three of them now. Okay, so hold on. We have to talk about the esophagus. Let me give a okay. backstory to it, and then you could talk about it. I'm not, first, but before we get to the esophagus, I think we have to understand that we have to follow a scientific protocol. There is a scientific method that we use to implement medicines in the world. Otherwise, we're going to start giving people shit and everybody dies. We've seen that happen. We see where we come out with vaccines and they don't You're work. You're right, but hold it, hold it, hold it. You're right, but I can't You're go along with that because THC, 90%, is legal in Canada. Why can't we do what we want with it? You Why can't. You well, you what? can. You just can't give it to somebody else and say this is a medicine. Here, take but it. I, it's going to okay, save let, it. Let's say it's a herb. Let's say it's a herb. Or what you're promising. What's that? What's that, Chanel? 
I'm saying that you have to be cautious with what you're promising, basically, to each individual. Okay, so let's ask Janelle. Janelle, Janelle is the general population. Okay, <laughs> what 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 Lee is saying. What are your thoughts on what Lee is saying first? As general, like as the general, I'm a healthcare practitioner. I'm a scientist. I believe in his medicine, and I want to put it to the study. I want to be the guy behind it, doing the studies, and we're working towards that because I think you do recognize that we need to study it in a scientific way so that we can generalize it to the population. Lee just wants to start giving it to everybody right now. What are your thoughts on that? But hold it, Jim. Before okay. you answer, before you <laughs> answer that question, getting us excited. Remember yeah. one thing here, and never forget it. This is a this is a uh, a herb that is legal in this country. You can go to the store and buy it. Because then hey, we hold on. I'd like to intervene in this. Okay, good. We've got Derek on the line now. Okay, so I agree with uh, what Lee's saying because what? Yeah, actually, I do because um, you know I had a, a um, I was my ex girlfriend. Her mother was dying. She had stage four, um, uh, what do you call it? Pancreatic cancer. Yes. And, um, but it was, it was right. It was before it was, uh, legalized. So it was hard to get hands on, uh, good, um, uh, Rick Simpson oil, but I was able to get, I was able to get a bit of it. And she was, she was basically really, um, really sick. yeah, and apprehensive about taking it and stuff like that, right? Okay. And it what it did is um it never it never saved her life. It made her a lot more comfortable. But what it did was she the the cancer had spread to her lungs and she was on a ventilator and a breathing machine. And when she started to take the RSO, it cleared it up completely in her lungs. Wow. And she was able to get off the ventilator machine at home and right up until she died. She didn't need to be on a ventilator. When she went back to the doctor, the doctor couldn't believe that it was cleared up in her lungs. She still died from the pancreatic cancer um, because she didn't, she probably had the pancreatic cancer and symptoms from it for like five years. But she was, she just, you know, those type of people that don't go to the doctor. But yeah, I can, about the lungs, like, I think he's uh, onto something there. Okay, so I'm not saying, so great points. I'm not saying <laughs> that it doesn't work. And I, I need you to understand that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is we need to test it in a scientific way with the scientific method so that we are able to say for certain that we can now use it on the general public versus saying it worked in this one person and it worked in that one person and it worked in one, that one person. Do you person work for or... Big Pharma? Is that where you work for, Ira? No, fuck off. <laughs> I, don't I, don't work, I don't work for Big Pharma. What I'm saying Ira. is... Ira. Oh, this Ira. is a gang up on Ira time. No, Eric, you're Ira. not getting off at 4 o'clock now. Hey, you say, yeah. you're saying this. Okay. And, and really, really, let's... Come on, I'm not even an educated guy. Let me explain something to you. You're saying this. This is something we're allowed to buy and take. I'm not saying we shouldn't be able to do it. I'm not saying. Hold on, let me get my point. I don't know if I'm being clear here. I understand what you're saying, Myra. Hold it. If you take a needle full of THC, my oil, and you inject it into me anywhere besides my brain, are you going to hurt me? I don't know. The injection might hurt you. THC well, might hurt doctor, you. Some you're not going to hit. You're not going to hit me in the wrong spot. 
But some <laughs> people big, don't react. If I got some a big tumor and you shoot it in me, am I going to get hurt from you shooting that I in my tumor? Come to your defense. In okay, this Janelle, go. I think what Ira is saying is that historically we have seen people say or advocate for something before saying that it's a cure-all or it's a fix-all. And then years later, people have adverse effects and different things are going on. So he's saying that he wants to see the scientific part of it so that we can say for sure on when we're looking at it from a general consensus that if we're going to make a blanket statement that this can cure everyone or can fix and heal everyone, that we actually, it's not anecdotal that we actually have scientific evidence that can back that up, that we've done our homework, we've dotted the I's, we've crossed the T's, and we can say that with absolute certainty versus you know a case here and a case there because the reality is everybody's body is different, our genetics are different, and how we respond and react to things are different. So he wants that conclusive evidence that if somebody said to him, this doesn't work, he can say, well, actually, I have X and Y Z to refute that, and this is actual science. So why don't we? Why do we use chemotherapy? Yeah, you're so you're well, right. Why, I why don't, do we use chemotherapy I, and radiation? It doesn't work. I don't it think it works on the odd person. Yeah, it, what, so what are the odds? Okay, Come on, Araya. So what are the odds, Araya? So, what so, are the odds of so, you taking chemotherapy <laughs> and curing everything? I love it. What so I, I don't disagree with you that so we have a lot of studies that chemotherapy and radiation hurts, hurts um, work in a lot of different uh, cancers, for example, prostate cancer, certain brain cancers, certain part of different types of tumors. They work very well. But at the same time, they kill you. It works and it kills you at the same time. But at least at least Not the guys that stuff. put it. Hold on. At least the guys that put it out there are able to say conclusively that it works and it doesn't work. You are going to do it and we're not going to do it. That's why they don't give it to everybody. That's well, why I've, I, done, I've done 35 people now. Okay, if so 35 people, open, let's put it, it into open, 135 open, people. Hey, 35 people, I'll give you 35 names, and they've all been in the general hospital and your hospital. Go check them. Doctor right. sent them. Doctor sent them home to die, and they're not right. dead. They're got cancer free. You tell me who's right, and who, and if that ain't scientific proof, I don't know what is. And what do we have to lose by them taking Dr. Right. Feelgood's medicine? What do we have okay. to lose? So nothing. So that's where I agree. So where right. I agree right where I agree right now, and this is why I want to put it to the scientific test because I don't want to have to wait. Well, how many we did their last? Okay. Let's put it to the Let scientific test. But how Let many people are we gonna watch die while we're <laughs> testing this? Let me, right. So let me finish. Hold on. I don't want to have to wait until the last three months of someone's life when there is nothing left that we can do for them. You want and then we give them your medicine. I don't want it to be their, wait, I don't, just let me finish. I don't want it to be their last, their last ditch effort. I want it to be their first option to do that and make it their first option. We have to put it to the scientific I, test. I don't want to wait till your grandmother, or your mother, or your family friend has fucking uh, pancreatic cancer that is a death sentence or a neuroglioblastoma or some other cancer. And we say, oh, nothing left to do for you. So let's give them fucking, um, um, let's give them uh, whatever. Let's give them your medicine. I don't want to have to wait for that. I want to be able to do it in the beginning. And to do it in the beginning, yeah. we have to put it to the test. I'm not saying we shouldn't use it now. You can give it to anybody you want. 
I can't mm-hmm. do that. General oh, medicine can't do that. I get you can. I can't. Well, yeah, I know because you work for Big I, I Pharma. Gotta, That's why, Ira. No, I don't work for Big Pharma. I got enough medicine right now to clean up New York and the virus. I do not work for Big Pharma. I have no money. I have no vested interest in any company whatsoever. I don't even have a fucking investment in in a mutual fund that's invested in a pharmacy company. I do not make any money from pharma. What I am is a scientist that believes if we're going to generalize something to a population, we have to be careful. I have treated over, you've treated 35 people with cannabis. I've treated over 100,000 people with cannabis. Way over a Wait, I've, I've How much cancer over do you cure? I don't cure cancer. I don't cure cancer with cannabis. I, I believe that it can cure cancer. I believe that we have a lot, a long way to go and a lot more studies to do, but I believe it can get down there specifically in brain cancer. But are we there? There are people that are studying it, but the big studies never seem to pan out yet. So let's take your medicine. Let's put your money where the mouth is and let's put it to the test so that we can generalize it and it can become a first option instead of a last ditch hope. I agree. Hey, I listen, I don't care what anybody says to me. I'm going to carry on doing what I'm doing. And anybody that's got cancer and they only got a few months to live, hey, I'm going to tell you a little story. My my brother okay. went to the hospital, not this February, last February. He never told me from four days before he died he was loaded with cancer. Never told me. I ran out and I made a medicine. And he died that morning. So wow. I ended up sending that medicine to a man in Mexico that had brain cancer, lung cancer, and liver cancer. And he was 10 days before he was going to the hospice to die. If you want to go talk to that man today, that's a year and three months later, I can take you to him and he'll show you his doctor's notes. He'll show you everything. He is 100% cancer-free. Brain cancer is the number one easy one to cure. Just give it to me before they got a couple weeks left. Now, that's that's how powerful this stuff is. Give me someone that's breathing on that machine and they might die. Throw my medicine into them and watch what happens. And guess what? The medicine's not against the law. Here in Canada, it's not, it's a matter not of being against, against the, law. the law. It's against the law for you to give it and save somebody. I agree. It's against... It's- this guy's dying. I got this marijuana pill that's not against the law. I'm not going to give it to him because he's going to live. Come on, let's let's get our let's get our, uh, our, our 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 life in order. What matters? What doesn't? You know. I'm. You have good points. All your points are valid. I I like them. I what my my point is that if we're going to generalize it to the greater population, we have to test it in the greater population. You've got 35 people behind you that have that have had good results from it, and I hope and I and I hope that somebody is listening to this, who's going to put who's gonna who wants to get in on it, and so that we can we can continue to study whatever the fuck it is that you've got in that medicine, because I believe in the medicine. I think that I listen. I've been working with cannabis for a decade now. I don't use it as a cure for cancer because it's not curing cancer on a general level. Maybe because your medicine you don't use it. 
We, I've used it in over 100,000 people. I don't know how many of them. I can't off the top of my head tell you how many people have cancer, have had cancer. I can tell you it's helped in a few situations, but not in many. It's also not your medicine. I don't know. I don't have the good answer to that. Hey. But what I can tell you, hold on, what I can tell you, Lee, <laughs> is that we need to put it to the test. And what are your future plans with it? Are you planning on putting it to the test you know, or you don't I, want to put it to the I test? I was sitting in Toronto with the doctor having dinner. Yeah. And we got in a pretty heavy, you know, my friend introduced me to a cancer doctor. We got in a pretty heavy argument. And he said to me at the end, he said, what's your fucking goal anyways? I don't yeah. believe anything you said, but what's your fucking goal? I said, you know what my goal is? To go down to McMaster University, take them little fucking kids out of there with the bald heads that you're fucking giving it to, put them in my bed at home, and give them back to their parents in six weeks, eight weeks. Say, here's your child back, cancer-free. Or just keep giving them the medicine, they'll be free. And you know what? I believe I can do it. You know, this whole thing starts on one thing. Somebody comes into the hospital with a tumor, they start three things, operation, chemotherapy, radiation. Just take the fucking person, inject the tumor, three weeks, come back to the hospital, four weeks, it's over, it's gone, it's dead. I'll show you pictures from three Cyclopias, all gone, end of story, they're all cancer-free. And that's the way it works. And guess what? We'll wait another 25 years to... To listen to, well, you know, this is good, but this we don't know. Medical tells us we got to wait 10 more years. Yeah, so the big pharma can get a little bit more. Fuck them. Right. <laughs> I, I I do have to say that when I, I was <laughs> I was giving I was giving a keynote speech in uh, in uh, Florida, and uh, and. And I know we got to get off the air in a second here, Derek. I know we, I know we got, but you got to wait now. We got to wait. This is, this is good. A few minutes. So, I was giving a keynote speech in Florida, and Lee sends over his his physician, who uh, who injected an esophageal tumor, so a, a tumor in your throat, in like your wind, like your food pipe. He literally injected it with Lee's medicine, and he did, and he did tell me that the cancer. This, like he 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 caused the death of that cancer, so the cancer disappeared. Well, you stutter when you have to say that, eh? Uh, it's not that I stutter. I don't. <laughs> you stutter when you say that, eh? Fucking doctor, eh? I, I, <laughs> shut up, all of you. What I don't want to do is give people the wrong impression. Can That's I get all. one of my jackets? Because then everybody will believe me. Ah, fuck. What I don't want to do is give people the wrong impression and say that ghost. Now everybody's going to go use this, use cannabis to cure their cancer and the death rates are going to go up. You know, like, I, I don't know. Let's study it. Let's study it. Continue giving it to the people, but let's put it to the test. Let's put it uh, to the any, test. Anybody and, that gets sent home to die in this country, just call me up and I'll do my best to keep you around for another 10 or 15 how years. How do they get in touch with you? Just call me. Oh, nobody knows how to call you. Do you have an email? Call yeah. me. DM me. me. And I'll... Lee, Lee Whitley at gmail.com. There you go. You can get in touch with Lee Whitley. Lee, you are... <laughs> you know, this is a guy. Like, you hear the story. This is a guy or that... Or chronic came... pain. Hey, or chronic pain. Anybody that lives in chronic pain, call me. I'll settle it in three days. I do have to tell you a story about somebody I know that Lee has given his medicine to. And uh, I know this individual personally. 
this individual suffers from pain and lung disease, severe, severe lung disease, and uh, started taking the medicine that Lee has made uh, and and can actually breathe again without oxygen. That's that's the uh, that I, so I've seen it firsthand. I just want to put it to the study. How, Cannabis how this, works. How we is know, this how's this person's pain? The person has not had pain since using the medicine. How, At least ninety percent. How's, how's this person's nightmares? Everything has seemed to improve since, since <laughs> taking the medicine. <laughs> Derek uh, laughing in the back. Well, you know what? Well, I, okay. I want to help everybody. So I, just, I, I'll, I'm going to tell you, someone's going to come along like a Bill Gates or a Warren Buffett, and we're going to change the world real fast. Well, because, I'm right here with you, Lee. Hey, I'm going to tell you one little thing before I go. It takes two minutes. I went into a house a month ago, and the little boy looked up at me, and I don't know where he got it from, but he looked up and he goes, "Can you save my daddy?" I said, no, but we're going to try. Aww. You know, that's the thing that makes your heart hard yeah. cry for people. You know what I mean? That'd be like me going in somebody's house. I got a little kid and, you know, you just feel sorry because that hey, it just doesn't hurt the person. The person that's dying dies. It just wrecks the people around them. It's too bad it can't be a sudden death in a car accident. Boom, it's over. That's different. But when you watch somebody lay there and suffer, not fair. Not fair, not fair. And when, especially when we have something that can help. Hey, just like this, this disease. Not, I'm not going to say no more about it. Anybody that's sick with COVID, come and see me. I'll give you 21 pills, and I guarantee you, you won't have it no more. Well, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Right. So, I, so I, I don't want to. I don't want to say because I shouldn't be saying. But I can help a lot of people. I can help more people than chemotherapy can. Okay, so in the cancer realm, I'd love to put it to the test. I, I'm with you all the way on testing this thing, Lee. I totally agree with you, and uh, I'm with you on it. I, we just need to put it to the test. Uh, you're, listen, Lee, you're an amazing fucking human. You see where you've come from. You see what you're doing today. This is a guy that also has a foundation in Mexico that pays for children's medication called the ectodermal dysplasia foundation. This guy like funds their medicines. These are guys that don't produce tears and uh, kids that don't have tear ducts. And this guy's oh man. He's there's so much that this guy is doing now that it's just unbelievable. Thank you so much for coming on here today and telling us about your medicine. I uh, believe hey, it. We should yeah. also thank Jerry and Kenny from grand river enterprises. They do a lot to help me too. Uh, of course, of course, they're, you know, they've been doing a lot for our community and, uh, and, uh, they've been doing a lot in the cannabis industry as well. So, uh, thank you Are so much. Are ready, Ken? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, is ready, Ken sponsor this? Um, <laughs> no, they're not by the way. So, but, but you never know. So, um, thank you again, Lee, honestly, you know, I think your medicine is going to work wonders. I think if we put it to the test, uh, tra in traditional methods, even non-traditional methods of putting it to the test. I think we're going to see some fabulous results. I can't wait to see that happen. Thank you guys so much for being here and listening. Hopefully everybody on uh, Wellness Wiki is listening. Check out uh, Cannabis.Wiki. Check out our uh, Instagram at Cannabis.Wiki as well or the website. Download the app Wellness.Wiki. Check out my Instagram at Dr. Ira Price. And uh, check out Janelle 
Uh, what's yours? <laughs> it's at Janelle S. Powell. There you go. I'm going to start putting mine underneath. Anyway, that was a blast, everybody. Thanks so much, Lee. Okay, buddy. Thank you. All hey, right. And thank you yeah. for all the things you do for us. I got you. On the front line, buddy. We appreciate it. Thank you. Absolutely. All right. If you need any help at that hospital, call me. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye.